Game Boys. Hey there, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys podcast. It's in the game. Uh, <laughs> my name is Lux, and joining me as always, it's Hunter Biden's missing cousin. It's Griffin Davis. Uh, uh, did wait. God, you missed the news for like six hours. He doesn't actually have I, I a thought, missing cousin. You just look a little like him. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Is it because I'm wearing Joker makeup? Uh, yeah, it's because you're just like the Joker, just like the whole Biden family is at all times. My uh, honestly, I'm going to have a very similar career route to Hunter where a lot of people I know are going to get successful and then they're just going to like put me on the board of something in a foreign country. He's going to stick you in the Ukraine. Yeah, I'm just going to get really big into like foreign films. Griffin Kiev Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we're a big pro hunter on this podcast, and we know that we all need to protect Hunter. Um, so <laughs> thank you. Uh, that kind of put a little skip in my step. Hey, you're welcome, man. I'm trying to gas you up, you know. I'm going to do the rest of this one standing, guys. Oh, that's going to be weird for the mic. Uh, it, I feel great, Lux, because I think the last one was Sleepy Time Game Boys, because uh, what was it, like at 10 o'clock at night we recorded that ten, one? It, it was 10 my time after I'd been working since like 8 a.m. So I told Haley to edit out the bad stuff. That was just impossible. Yeah, otherwise we would have had, like, had no episode. <laughs> yawning? Just, just long, long pauses. <laughs> yeah, the way that we're kind of like reacting to each other in time. Imagine if there was like a four or five second gap between each of those reactions. And that was pretty much <laughs> what you're dealing with. The, 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 the lag good. and the latency was fucked. The frame rate was stuttering. Yeah, it was, we were barely hitting it, 30. It was terrible. It was a bad port. Uh, but uh, you guys, you're hearing another sultry voice on the podcast. So I think oh, we hello. should get right to introduce him. Guys, we've got a triple threat on oh. the podcast today. That's right. He's an actor, comedian, musician, actually, and also an elite gamer. That make, That's a quadruple. Oh, nice. Uh, yes. You know, you have uh, <laughs> maybe caught him on AMC's Halt and Catch Fire or uh, at his Fringe show this year, which uh, he won uh, Best Solo Performance, normally... Uh, you group up uh, for those kind of dungeons, but he soloed the whole thing. Yeah, I did welcome it to the podcast, myself. Jonathan Cho. Hey, how are you? Hey, Yo, welcome, welcome to doing the good. show. Thank we're, you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. It's been a few weeks trying to get you on. Thank you for finally ske- making some time in your busy schedule. No, no, no. I am. Um, I'm glad to be here. I love. I, I don't often get to talk about video games. Well, this yeah, is you, like you told me right after the Fringe show that you were like, I have my accomplishments since then have been video games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> after the Fringe, it was kind of like I took a month to kind of just recuperate because Wait. I was like. It was a draining experience. I imagine. Sure. Show, I imagine so. What was the Fringe show? Because I have no idea. Uh, it was a. I did a one man show where I played uh, Mickey Rooney, uh, <laughs> developing his character for Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, Fuck. That's a- I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I'm. I am an Asian American man, and so it was an Asian guy playing a white guy playing a horrific stereotype of a Japanese man. Um, it was called Mr. Yunioshi, which is the name of his character in the movie. Right. That, that's very good. Hey, it was uh, it was fun. I had a great director, uh, Joe Wagner. Yeah, shout out to Joe Wagner. Yeah, shout out Joe yeah, Wagner. Yeah, shout out. I've um, never met him, but we talk about it on the podcast sometimes. 
Oh, nice. Good for that guy. Yeah, he's, he's been watching me play video games. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Wow. What I, a game. And you know, I, I, there's nothing better than having someone watch you play video games. It's a really fun experience. Feels like you're on stage a little bit, trying to give people a show. It's always a good time. Oh, uh, one thing I was, when I was looking up your, 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 your creds, uh, I see uh, on this Hull and Catch Fire show, you were a credit, uh, your, your character's name is Wonder Boy. Yes, my character now, is Wonder Boy. Now, does that mean that you were kind of a computer whiz? That was we were all coders on coders. Hold, um, in season two. Um, two of the characters go on to form basically like a America Online precursor, I suppose. It's like well, you can log in and there are games, and I play one of the coders that they hired along with Nick Pupo, yes. who, does a lot, who does a lot of stuff at the Pack Theater, yeah, too. Nick, um, former guest of the show, former guest. What of the show. he was on his biggest credit to date. Yeah. Well, what game did you guys talk about? We talked about a really old game called California Games. Oh, man. Yeah, we super did. That's what it was. <laughs> what is that? I don't even know that. It's like just like five mini games from like a, it's like a 1980s video game, I think. It's like five. Yeah, it's like, like an 80s like mini game collection. And the games range from like pretty, pretty fun to <laughs> totally don't work. <laughs> um and it was, that's it's California a, that was a weird you. one. Yeah, that's a great just California game. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you know, when taking on a, a role, did you go method? Did you learn to code? Oh, did I learn to code? Uh, I did not learn to code. <laughs> so, so um, then, I, so then, when you're like shooting scenes, are you just like randomly typing stuff into the keyboard, like pretend like you know what you're doing? I think, yeah, I feel like a lot of times the screens were blank, um, <laughs> and then they added stuff sure. to them if they needed. Like, there's one where I'm reacting to a GIF, and I remember look, I'm like, okay, I have to look at a screen. I don't know what the GIF is going to be, <laughs> and so it's kind of like maybe I can just kind of bob my head to like a, a <laughs> gif and like when i watched i was like they chose a waving flag which was kind of like oh it, it looks like i'm looking at a waving flag kind of so yeah well, that was nice it's like magic that, honestly it's like that yeah, famous test magic. where it's like is the person hungry or sad based on what they're looking at <laughs> like what's that what's that thing that's a thing right yeah no i mean i don't know if there's like a specific word for it but that's definitely a thing in I mean, that's like the root of so many fucking online 15 second meme videos is like a character who in the show is looking at a steak and looks hungry. But then they cut to like, I don't know. Right. Something yeah, yeah, sad yeah. that they edited instead. And it totally plays because like it's and, always just defined by the extra thing. And that's what brings the wonder to Wonder Boy. Yeah. Uh, I, but anyways, we ask the guests every week. Uh, what have you been playing this week? What have I been playing this week? Um, I, I actually just got the xbox game pass nice um, like that was my thing after uh uh the friend show and so i've been blazing through those games i just beat just cause four nice um the tornado one with yet yeah, the tornado one but it's not just tornadoes there's um all kinds of weather there's uh <laughs> sandstorms just like and, there's overcast slightly and lightning <laughs> storms i was gonna like oh it's just storms which is it's great it's you get the wingsuit again um and the tornadoes are kind of fun even though i'm kind of like in the realm of physics i'm like i don't think and this is how any of this works but like you'll you'll just whip around this tornado in your wingsuit and i'm kind of like i i don't think this is safe (laughs) yeah that that always ruins a video game for me when there's danger i'm always upset (laughs) like in a video game (laughs) oh no rico rico rodriguez is a great character though yeah Um, Yeah. he's gotten more and more like gritty 
which I'm like, this is over the top. And yeah, he's gone way beyond like the line of like believable, like gravelly voiced man (laughs) into like fully comic book, like image comic type bullshit. It's like um, uh, Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Yeah. You know, you think about Die Hard. He's the guy who like, oh, he cut his feet on glass. And then like eventually Uh he's like, he just jumped onto the wing of a plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like punching a sky drone. Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, to, you know, I think I think glass stepping on glass, that's still scarier than a plane to me. Oh, I, it's a lot more likely. Yeah. In my, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a yeah. thing that I have an easier time envisioning because it happens to me sometimes. Sure, sure. Well, you know what happens to me sometimes, Lux, is uh, video games. So uh, what have I been playing this week? Okay, uh, sure. Of that wild classic guy. Oh, it's, wow. It's been Great. a fucking I, month. Wow. I switched over to the Alliance side now, messing around nice. there checking stuff out playing with my friend michael on a different server uh but there has been an upsetting a new kind of plot twist to wow classic and those are the trump guilds oh they're trump guilds now and i bet they're all alliance because the alliance hates refugees (laughs) yes it's it's there yeah it's very heavily rp'd uh they're sticking to warcraft lore uh no it's pretty awful it's the one thing that's different uh about wild classic from them when i played it right because when i played it there wasn't like bush stands making guilds or something like that you know there really wasn't uh but there are trump guilds actively recruiting and like promoting uh the the promoting the just stands standing standing out uh and i've seen it on a horde and alliance uh there's there's there are people on both sides <laughs> i was about to ask lux because now i'm reevaluating my position in the alliance horde uh yeah. wow universe because i was like wait refu-, and i'm like yeah i saw the movie the works are kind of yeah like- the movie that really illustrated everything for me the movie and the plot of warcraft one yeah, yeah. Like they lived in outer space on their weird dirt planet and then it got ruined and they were like, we got to yeah. go to a planet with less dirt and more anything but dirt. And sure. they get there and the Alliance is like, oh, no, these borders are closed, baby. And then they have a war. Yeah. What's crazy, though, is that like the what after playing this game, I'm like, so many of the zones are in such a shit show. It's like, Alliance, you couldn't hold all this shit down if you tried. Like, give them some of this land. Well, you it's need a, help. It's a it's mess okay. out here. It's yeah. a total mess. And it's like, you got to think if we're like really putting this in like sort of geopolitical IR terms, like... <laughs> The fucking orcs were functionally able to, like, subsist as a society on a planet that I'll reiterate is just dirt. So you think (laughs) of, like, some of their kind of farming techniques and storage techniques would probably come in handy when managing, like, the vast, like, unmanageable wilds of Azeroth. Like, it just seems like there was an easy way for this to be a symbiotic relationship. And the fucking alliance was like, no, thank you. I would vote for Lux. Yeah. So I guess you're right. I guess the alliance are, are trying to, uh, I guess trying to make the alliance great again. Yeah, Um, exactly. But regardless, it's been an upsetting, uh, addition to my wow experience. Lux, what have you been playing this week? Well, no video games because dudes, a new magic, the gathering set dropped and welcome to the throne of Eldraine. So your boy's been going to (laughs) pre-releases and winning cards. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, so a thing about me with magic is that I don't want to spend, <laughs> I don't like to spend the money to play constructed because to make a good constructed deck costs like 250 bucks, which I'm just not willing mm-hmm. to throw around. Um, and draft is hard cause I'm bad at guessing what other people will do. So I end up fucking up a lot, but the sealed format, which is how they do pre-releases where you just get six packs and build a deck out of it. And you just have to like 
do the best you can. Right, right. That's my Even shit. I'm very good at that. So I go to a lot of pre-releases when they come out because I tend to like, if not win them outright, which is what I've been doing for this one mostly, get in the top three and get enough prize prize packs that it pays for itself. Um, That's great. So I've been playing fucking Throne of Eldraine and just fucking clowning idiots with my beautiful black green food deck. Oh, there's a food. There's a food mechanic. Yeah, there's now. food now. You can uh, sacrifice food to gain health, or some cards. If you have enough food on the board, you can sacrifice food to get extra bonuses. Oh wait, so food is like its own like an artifact. Yeah, it's an artifact. Like it's an a little enchant- artifact, oh, but it's like a, an artifact token food. that gets generated. It's cool, man. It's um, this the theming of this set is all like uh like fairy tale stuff. So you've got like little like. Hansel and Gretel's and like giants and beanstalks and dragons and like elf knights and all this like oh that's fun yeah it's fun the art is really cool it's a really good set I like it a lot um I'm a little biased you know, because at, I've yet to lose these a best of three in this set so maybe I just like it because I'm good at it but I think this set is good okay well at these pre-releases I don't give a fuck about your set <laughs> I don't give a shit what's in it I've already forgotten but at the pre-releases do, do emotions get high are there battles um Sometimes people get a little heated. I do. I must admit, I do talk probably an above average amount of shit while I'm playing magic. (laughs) Um, And so that's why I don't. There's a store in Austin called Dragon's Lair. Um, I didn't go to any of their pre-releases because I've gone to them before. And uh, people there are a little bit more tense. And so so I sort of tend to uh, trigger some of the less positive elements of the magic community because that's entirely what i would go for it's psyops yeah see i just go to my friend's comic store and play with other people who are nice um sure and that's much more fun but definitely except for you who talk shit but definitely <laughs> at like dragon's lair or pats which i've gone to before when i've done pre-releases there yeah. drafts there i've definitely gotten people uh, riled up okay well hey speaking of getting riled up uh welcome back to everyone's favorite video game news segment it's toxic or toxic that's right Jonathan, I am going to say video game news that's happened this week, and you're going to tell me from the gut if you feel it's toxic, as in like bad incel culture, uh, Uh the Joker movie, but taking the wrong things from it, Uh uh, like get it off my internet and out of my life, or if it's do-do-do-do-do toxic as in the Britney Spears song, which is a hit, a slap, a banger, and a a good thing. All right. New story number one. You're probably going to be the best person to replicate that today. Yeah, Um, uh, I'm mostly tone deaf, so better than me, for uh, sure. So I say toxic or I hum the opening. You say toxic or toxic, but in in a way that's clear, we know which one you mean. Uh, New story number one, Last of Us Part 2 features heavy amounts of dog killing. Ooh, uh, more context. Okay. Uh, these dogs are, uh, part of the, uh, enemies that you're killing. They all have names and when they die, their owner cries. Oh no. So it's not like fallout dogs that are like mutated and feral. It's Uh, like they're people's pets. They are people's attack dogs and pets and they can sniff you out. Oh, but they're. There's like, I mean, dogs like, are they hunting you and you're like not a bad person? The enemies are hunting you with their dogs. Oh, and you can kill them. But the owners cry. The owners cry. I'm going to say the fact that they show the the vulnerability of the hunters when they lose their pets. Uh I would say, I know that you're toxic. I like that take. My initial instinct was toxic because like killing dogs is a bummer but i think you're right they're kind of using it to reflect on like 
the little humanity that remains post zombie apocalypse is actually a pretty right, touching right. emotional move. And anything that defends the last of us part two is a do, 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 do to me. Uh, I love that. I love that angle. Cause I wasn't able to pull a bright side out of that one, uh, but you were, thank you very much. Uh, in brighter news, official Nintendo switch stylus arriving later this year. Oh, official stylus. What's different about it than a regular stylus? I just don't think they I had guess, one. I guess they just didn't have one for the switch. You could buy like a third party. One. Oh, so it's like, it's late. Like they, yeah, they didn't I, think that people would okay, want one. I, I can tell that you're ta- you're looking at all these stories from a different angle than I am. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, so you're, so you're saying maybe potentially it's a toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I feel like in terms of like, if, if you're creating something with a touch screen, like maybe assume that people don't want their finger oils on. Yeah. It. And release it's stylus. Yeah. I, su- I super agree. Especially because like, the Switch is so, like, for kids and for, like, weird creative folks, and it makes so much sense that the stylus could be, like, a mechanic for, like, drawing things or, like, yeah. doing little music things or whatever. Um, and it seems crazy uh, you, they design wow. a, a console that seems so suited to that and then just not give you a tool for it. So they did. So you're guys saying toxic that it never got included to begin with. Wow. I'm just a Nintendo Switch stand. So I'm saying do to do to do. I'll take all the accessories. Well, see, Griffin, I would say I was just mostly just surprised because I, I feel really like, like Nintendo's kind of like they give you stuff like, oh, I didn't think I needed that. But like sure. here it is. And yeah. I feel like a stylus is, would be classic Nintendo. Like here's a stylus. And well, it's like, oh. well one, but one thing that it's the good guys in Nintendo have done is they have made the Switch the cheapest console on the market so much that they do lose a little bit of money when they make the switch uh which is like better than charging like 350 to 400 for it they're charging like 250 for it right um which is which is i think good so they, they do try to make it as affordable as possible i mean it is a great little machine for yeah. that price I, mean, I think the switch rules i'm obviously a big switch stand i just think that nintendo I love Nintendo so much that I just can imagine them doing better and not just right, not having on, a stylus. Moving on, voice actor Troy Baker would not work on Borderlands 3 because Gearbox wouldn't go Union. Oh, I, I mean, Borderlands 3 is a, a big toxic for me. And Thank you. That's as yes. someone who thought Borderlands 1, 2 and the pre-sequel were... Sure. I played so much of those games. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure... I love Handsome Jack. I guess the game Handsome itself is gets a toxic, but the fucking Troy Baker's solidarity, fucking the union makes us strong attitude gets a big... <laughs> Oh yeah, I would I'm say that. Yeah, that's the angle I'm looking yeah, at. He's not, like, cro- I love- he's not crossing that fucking line, and I appreciate that yeah. shit. Hell yeah, because also he's one of those rich motherfuckers that could just not care and do it. You know, yeah, totally. Like he's- but he's being he's right. uh, standing yeah. in solidarity with fellow workers, and that's always good. Yeah, and he also knew that Borderlands Three was gonna suck, and he was right. He was a prophet. Uh, moving on, that's, that's why he did it. It was his prophecy. It was a prophecy. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't anything. It really wasn't about the unions for him. Really, he was uh, like, I had a dream, and in the dream there was the, thunder. Wait, he was the voice of Claptrap, right? Was he Claptrap, or who did he play? Uh, uh, I think he might have been. No, because the Claptrap guy didn't come back. I either. think it might oh. be him. It might be. Um, let me look this up really quick. I think it might be him. It might also be Handsome Jack. But you, you, while you look that oh. up, our final story, uh, Deadline reports uh, Sony's upcoming Uncharted movie has a new director in the form of Travis Knight, who recently directed 2018 Transformers spinoff Bumblebee. Oh, I heard good things about Bumblebee. I liked Bumblebee. I heard it was like Transformers meets Siren Giant. I thought it was just like yeah. the action was just kind of okay. Yeah, Bumblebee was oh. fun. I saw it with my dad. 
Yeah, but like Uncharted's about the set pieces, and I don't know if I like I really liked or remembered that many set pieces from Bumblebee. I don't know. I don't remember my thing with Bumblebee is I don't remember a lot of you're right. I don't remember a lot of like individual like thing happens and thing, and here's the visual correlate, blah blah blah. But I do remember like caring enough about the people that I was a little stressed during the set pieces. And that sure. goes a long way for me as far as enjoying a thing. Well, yeah, you got to care about the people. Uh, for me, Transformers 3 is still one of the greatest movies about robots ever made. Um, is that the one with King it, Arthur? No, that's the last night. Uh, Transformers 3 is the one that's uh, has a lot of like 9-11 imagery and has the giant worm. Wait, you're saying okay. Michael Bay made a movie that's preoccupied with 9-11? No, I'm saying saying it's all an entire coincidence. That's I've never Uh, heard of that. Um, (laughs) Well, guys, thank you for playing Toxic or Toxic. That was the video game news. Here's the Troy Baker Um, update before we get anything else. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently, he didn't play any character before, but he was going to play Riss, apparently a fairly major character, Reese. Okay. But he uh, didn't for this because of good union uh, labor respect. Well, that sucks because he would have made a great Reese Witherspoon. Uh, guys, that was Toxic or Toxic. Thank you for playing. Uh, we have an incredible game that Jonathan decided to bring on. But before we talk about it, I think we should first hear a little bit of history about this game. Oh, dope. I don't it, know the history. No one ever does what Griffin says. it. <laughs> And then I quickly forget it. In 2014, Mythic Entertainment was going out of business. Four employees at Mythic saw the writing on the wall and left the company to begin working on their own passion project, a bullet hell roguelike video game. According to developer Dave Crooks, he had been listening to the soundtrack to the game Gun Gods by Vlambeer, and he soon came up with the name Gungeon, a mythical world of guns. During development, the team added a dodge roll mechanic as a way to combat the near-impossible barrage of bullets thrown at the player. The mechanic worked so well, they decided to name their studio Dodge Roll. Dodge Roll released the game on Steam and later on Switch to positive critical reception and millions of copies sold, with the only real complaint being that the game was simply too hard. This week, we're entering the gungeon. (laughs) The game might be too hard. (laughs) It might be, guys, it might be too hard. The game is really hard. If you're playing the game and you can't get past level one, it might be too hard. Whoa. Jeff (laughs) Fox making a quick appearance (laughs) in the studio. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, The the game is very, very hard. Um, And I think it's one of the first, I guess, roguelike games that I I really got into. Yes. Now, what is a roguelike? Uh, I believe I actually just looked it up because I knew that they were called roguelikes, but yeah. I was like, I don't know why they're called roguelikes. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're based on a game called Rogue that had that kind of randomly yeah. generated. Exactly. There was a um, game called Rogue that like element to it. that would like, yeah, exactly. Procedurally generate levels. Um, and then as you go through, so it's like it would get rid of like the way you can play like a call of duty and eventually just memorize every part of the level. And then just like bling, 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 bling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now it's like totally random. So you just have to like, it's all skill baby. Right. And it was uh, very frustrating. I think it was the first one that I actually, cause I played uh, uh, the binding of Isaac. Oh, that's a great game. And Spelunky. Also a great um, game. Which were really fun, but they would drive me up a wall just because I'm like, Oh, I can't remember. I went through this store last time and this is a completely different room with new enemies that I don't recognize that move in new and unpredictable ways and I'm dead. And, and Gungeon had the element of like, um, I love that as you went through, you could unlock more stuff that you could just randomly find. So I feel like it's, I mean, impossible at the beginning, but as you unlock more guns, as you get further, I mean, 
further into the gungeon, you um yeah. I also just like saying gungeon. Gungeon is so much fun the to say. Six chambers, yeah. the six chambers of the gungeon. It's also like yes. an aesthetic that I like insanely fuck with, and you don't see too too much. Like Doom kind of gets in this direction. Um, mm. There was a game in the '90s called Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura that gets in this direction um, of just like taking technology Shadowrun also of like taking technology stuff and jamming it into a fantasy world or vice versa. So I really like the, like all the backgrounds and like level designs and stuff are very like, Mm -hmm. like honestly what reminded me of a little bit aesthetically was that fucking infuriating game Ang band. We had to play with Chris. Um, (laughs) Okay. Which is like an old like ASCII like, uh, okay. Yeah. uh, yeah. How, how are those at all similar? Well, because (laughs) it had that same, like, it was like bookshelves and like wood floors and like all like the classic fantasy, like, like Tolkien imagery. Uh, yeah. But then also like guns, like, and your enemies right. are bullets. No, it'd be like, yeah. here's a tapestry of a bullet. It's like, it's as if like you're in like the, if the fellowship of the ring, they're like going to the mines of Mario with like shotguns, and right. Like right. rocket launchers. Uh, that's kind of the vibe. And I think like, we'll get more into the art style later, but part of uh, what makes this game palatable and something that you want to keep coming back to despite its difficulty is how cute and fun it is with everything from the art style to the combat to the enemies uh but for roguelikes coming back to that kind of where you're talking at the top uh i don't really like roguelike games that often because when to me it's just like oh it's just random randomly put together most of the zones kind of look similar or just kind of like remixed. And what I like about this game is that, yeah, it, it they put stuff together in different ways every time you die and start over, but every zone feels very handcrafted and very specific. Um, and it feels like there is level design to each, each zone. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think that extends to even the, like the boss levels. And like, yeah. it was interesting to me that like, even though there are like six chambers, each chamber or like level has multiple bosses that you could fight at the end. So like even then the unpredictability of like, oh, I finally got to the end of the first chamber. I'm going to fight that weird blobby guy. Oh, no. Now it's like this bullet is sitting in a throne. Now it's the bullet yeah, the Bullet King. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I also love the names of everything. The, name, the names are great. There is a giant snake boss called Amoconda. Amoconda. Uh, that's a great yeah. boss. Or the Gatling Gull. Um, the Gatling Gull is very the good. The Gatling name. Gull. The Gatling yeah. Gull. So, so yeah, if we didn't clarify at the top, everything in this fucking game is a gun, uh, and for some reason that's funny uh, because there are there are like guns that shoot weird stuff there are guns that shoot other guns that then shoot like it's it's kind of like it takes everything to the most insane logical conclusion and And also i love all the pop culture references because you can get like famous guns you can get like deckard's gun from uh from blade Blade runner Runner. yeah Um, like the mr freeze gun from batman right boys you can get in the box for metal gear yeah oh you can get the box for metal gear you can do uh the oh what ectoplasm Ghostbusters the, the proton pack yeah yeah from ghostbusters yeah, yeah you can yeah. get a ghostbusters gun yeah there's I so much shit one. like that that's so much fun and like it's funny it's it's funny you mentioned that it, the, the, like it's somehow funny because it's been a weird experience i haven't played this game basically since it came out until like this week to get ready for this um and i've been watching uh the show the detroiters on comedycentral.com and one of the main commercials they're Excellent airing show. uh with that show is the like weird back to school school shooting commercial 
where like oh yeah all the kids are like this sock is a lifesaver she's like tying off like, the kids like bleeding leg or whatever yeah uh, the grimmest bummerest commercial of all time and a weird one to put in the middle of your comedy show um so my current experience like gun shit has been like that but then this game takes the same basic concept of like guns and shooting and turns it like really cute and fun in a way that like right, i really right. appreciated and i thought it was really yeah, effective because like Obviously, guns are fucked up and scary and shit, but there's also like a lot of goofy comedy to be made about like these silly things. Like uh, it always reminded me of the um, Derek comedy sketch guns. I don't know if y'all ever remember, if y'all remember that from like the yeah, yeah I've seen that one yeah, which it one was, was like a one? late two thousand sketch where like it was just like them doing scenes from movies that have guns, but all the gun sound effects were like boing or like splat. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and I love that kind of shit. And I thought <laughs> yeah, that yeah. this the game captured a similar vibe in terms of like taking this like weird scary thing and making it just like fun and goofy and whimsical. Right. And I think that like, I mean, you talk about the aesthetic being like cute and I feel like all the bullets are, uh, I feel like it, it does, it's so silly to the point, like the goal of the game is to get to the sixth chamber of the gungeon to get uh, a gun <laughs> and a bullet that can kill the pass. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, like you solve all your problems by shooting them. And I feel like it's, yeah. I mean, it's meant to be very tongue in cheek. It's yes. just kind of like, yeah, you like imagine a universe where you could solve all your problems with right. guns. Well, and, because yeah, the problem is guns and the answer is guns right. uh, to everything in the game. And that's, that's like a really funny kind of like almost like comedic premise, the way they, they go through it because yeah, the, the story of the game is, uh, that there is a, a world of like anthropomorphic, like guns and, and bullets, bullets and stuff. And then a giant mythical bullet appears from the sky and destroys a fortress. And from that destruction, magic is formed that creates the gun that can kill your past, the gun that can kill your past, uh, which is just an incredible, uh, gun. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's like a fun kind of epic mission to do that. Uh, and but yeah, so like all these enemies and bosses are also their bullets and bullets and or guns or guns. There's that the weird like priest with the gun for a head. It's got he's got like a hood on and uh, like they float around the room and then they pull the hood off and it's just a gun. And yeah, it's like, whoa. Um, I mean, I was I was, like, whoa, why was I surprised by that? <laughs> right, I've been right. playing this game for 30 it's hours. It's like, ah, yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I also imagine it must be frustrating, though, for like people who make these games to kind of like, I mean, the conversation around it. Like, I feel like the game is made for a society where it, it's not a problem, problem uh, like mass shootings. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea of the... the in a perfect world, we could just like laugh at guns, yeah, totally. you know, and and uh, and the reality doesn't reflect that. And I imagine that's like f insanely frustrating for like a game developer who's kind of like, yeah, we'll just make a fun, silly game mm -hmm. about guns. And then like they turn on the news and they're like, ah, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, thankfully, uh, I I think their sales did did okay with well, yeah, that I mean, one. I think that it, it is. It's just that, like those things are those jokes are so funny. There's always a little bit fraught, you know. Like right, they are still right. making me laugh. Like I laugh. I can't not laugh playing this game because everything. So fucking the bullets wearing Rambo headbands is like such a funny. Yeah, little and they're bit. holding the the Rambo yeah. guns. There's a gun that's just the letter R that shoots, shoots other like words. Oh, and my favorite is it shoots the like word bullet. bullet. Yeah, it shoots All the letters word word like bullet. bullet. Yeah. <laughs> but then like the description of it is just kind of like the lowercase r kind of looks like a gun. So now it's a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it has this like sense of whimsy that really like defangs a lot of like the weird imagery and also just makes everything right. really, really fun. They're like, 
I think that a lot of game design and we kind of got about this a little bit with goose game last week. Like a lot of game design like comes from tone (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and like like cultivating tone. And so like if you had a game that was like everything is guns, but it was really gritty, I think it would just like suck and be a huge fucking bummer. Right. But because this game's so whimsical and goofy about everything, everything feels okay in a way that like most gun things just don't in the world that we live in now. Did you find the uh, did you find the guy who um, with the helmet? who like when you go to the top he sits on like the i think the right side of the stage it's just a dude and he's got a helmet you can find him in one of the chambers but there's a bit where you can kick his helmet off into the into the gungeon and he's got this great like slow turn of just kind of like <laughs> why would you do that and, you, and then you have to go into the gungeon and find it and return it to him and he oh, wow. gives you a gift but then you can kick the helmet back in and it was, I was just one of those little things where every time I did it I would go up and I'm like it's so mean but like just the way they animated his reaction yeah. just his kind of like why why would you do that right it's like those little touches pretty great. I mean i whatever i've all the goose game was so good that i don't care about referencing it a bunch of times but like last week we talked about this like with the little fucking nerd on the street in goose game that like i spent an ex- like i figured out most of the puzzles of like the street level in like 10 minutes but i spent actually like, half hour just hassling this little nerd because it was like he had personality <laughs> that was like fun to do in a way that like, right, like that, right. that thing is like it's a goofy fetch quest kind of thing but the way they set it up and the way that like it plays out within the personality of the character is just like a fucking it like just makes everything so much fucking more fun to like see these little guys like judging you for being a dick or like <laughs> appreciating your gun skills or whatever. Right. Um, but I think we also now have to talk about the difficulty of this game. Uh, it shares a lot of, uh, just a lot of like, uh, like dark souls, difficulty elements. Uh, one thing that's really brutal is if you die, you start from the beginning of the game. Yep. Yep. It's really tough. I mean, there are a few items that you can find and like, this is one of the few games I actually had, like there's a gamepedia page that's dedicated to what all the guns and items do uh-huh. which is sometimes helpful just because yeah. like you'll pick up an item and you're like i press the button and i'm not really sure what happened like yeah. did anything happen yeah. and so like reading about that but it's it's it is impossible to beat the game unless you have the luck of getting the right set of guns and items which right. makes it um frustrating but also kind of like when you do oh sometimes you'll get like great guns and great items Mm -hmm. and you're feeling so good Mm -hmm. and then you'll just die and you're Mm -hmm. like oh i'm never gonna get that that setup combination yeah Yeah. especially Um, because it varies by play style too right like when i was looking online there were people who were like the best way to the best guns you can get are xyz blah 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 and like i got something close to that and just got fucking murked and i was like these guns require a type of like skill and management and timing that i don't have what i like is the rapid fire laser gun and the shotgun i don't care and with right. that and for me like that made the game super easy it was like the third or fourth level pretty quick but like yeah like the did you use the club have you used the club yeah the club, yet? Yeah, the club is pretty fun it's just like it's just shoots like uh it's like an SMG, but like the sp- like shotgun spread. So mm-hmm. it fires really fast, but like, yeah, it's very, it reminds me of a, yeah. like a lot of the guns from like Contra or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much I, like, a I like the gun, gun that shoots, uh, chainsaw blades, like, oh yeah. Spinning chainsaw <laughs> yeah. blades. Uh, yeah. It's like, you're always just like trying to, I haven't beaten this game, but you're always trying to like get that right combination. How long did it take you to beat this game? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I probably had it for 
Uh, oh, actually, I could probably I'll, I'll go home and I'll message you. Yeah. I, I wish I knew right now, but mm-hmm. like I think I ultimately played through a close to five hundred times because every time you die, yeah. it tells you how many times you've died in the sure. dungeon. I feel like I died probably close to around five hundred times before I beat it. Um, uh, the trick is if you can beat the bosses without getting hit, you'll get an extra good gun or item. Yeah. And like, that's huge. It gets harder and harder, obviously. Right. But like, if you can do it, you can stock up on weapon and guns quicker. Um, and there's also a, um, find the clone. There's a clone, which is an item you can get. It's a passive item. But then when you die, it starts you at the beginning with all of the items and wow. guns that you've had Whoa, which is like get. yeah yeah that's the that's the yeah, get for sure um that's wild and i see i haven't played this game enough it's really fucking good though um oh it's so in-depth i just can't imagine getting to the end of the gungeon and just the pressure and sweat and tension uh, yeah. yeah like that final I mean, battle you're, you're a dark souls guy so i feel like that's exactly like that's you no, because Dark Souls, you know, they don't start you at level one. Yeah, I know. In Dark like, Souls. I don't know. I've seen you play those fucking games where like you get to a boss that you, and you like had a good run to the boss. So you get there with like full HP and your healing potions. And you're like, time to do it. This is my best chance. And then you die and get all angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I can get angry still. Yeah. I don't have to play this game to yeah, get angry. No. Uh, all my Dark Souls <laughs> friends get really angry. I'm the only <laughs> game I ever yell out on the computer is Blood Bowl. Um, um, yeah, I play that game a lot. Um, the other thing about yeah. this game that we're talking about is the controls because that's like pretty innovative in a lot of ways. Um, like like oh, a yeah. sixteen bit game with a dodge roll is kind of like bananas to me, right? Um, and it's like got that what Smash TV feel, I think, where like you kind of control where you're pointing, where you're aiming, yeah, um, where you're moving with the left stick, yeah. I find aiming with the right. I stick. find the game to be a little condescending because sometimes I'll like have a fight and then it will come up and be like, "Use the right stick to aim," and I'm like, "I fucking know that." <laughs> <laughs> I just killed six things um, in this room. Like, what are you thinking? Don't I'm get doing? hit by the bullets. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, the sticks in this game, the sticks just feel great. Like, it's such a, all the controls are pretty intuitive. On the Switch, it's a little tricky um, mm. because, like, using a blank is like clicking two thumbsticks at the same time, stuff like that, uh, right. which yeah, can yeah. be annoying. But, like, I don't know, Griffin or, you, or, or John, like, what do you I, I thought that game just feels really good to play. Oh, I, I, it sucked me in like very, like I would play. And then once I started getting into it, like I would just play as soon as I would die, I'd just be like, start again. We're going yeah. back in. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that was just the ease of the gameplay because I enjoyed Binding of Isaac, but I felt like it was just like a little, it was a little slower and a little yeah. less intuitive in the controls. And mm-hmm. so maybe it's just cause I was bad at it. Uh-huh. No, no, I agree. Um, I've, I've, I've only played like, I think a tiny bit of Binding of Isaac, but yeah, I felt like slow and like, like this game you're just like, you're kind of like, right. And dodging, the, and you can, you can, you can flip tables over and hide behind them or pull down chandeliers. I mean, you're just kind of like a little motherfucker rolling around. Well, there's a, you can find I I think his name is sledge dog. Uh, you can, re- they're like, you can release him when you find him in the gungeon and then you can go up and you can pay him to put the game in turbo mode, which is like, Great. Well, I found is if you play in turbo mode and then turn turbo mode off, you are incredible. No, that makes like, sense. It's one of those. It's like Through, sort of like Piccolo like fighting. Where you wear sort of like Piccolo yeah. fighting yeah. with the fifty-pound jacket or whatever that he takes off. Right. Yeah. 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 It was it's Goku. Ex- what? Oh wow! It's a, he said it's Goku. It's Piccolo. 
Goku trains in the hyperbolic time chamber with 10 times Earth's no, gravity. Dude, no, dude. I, maybe Piccolo did this too, but Goku in uh, Goku takes off all the weighted stuff at a tournament when he's fighting 1010, I believe. I mean, that's all true, but I, that's like Piccolo's move in Dragon Ball regular. Okay, it's also Samurai Jack's move Man, when he's all got over the, bull- the place. But it's, like, it's also it's my also- move when I play Gungeon. Yeah. Don't forget about uh, Rock Lee when he's fighting Gara in the Chunin exams. <laughs> it's honestly, it's one of the coolest. Why are it's we doing this? It's, it's just basically explaining. We should to be people. doing this. Right. Oh, right. It's one yeah. of the coolest anime trips. We should do comedy. <laughs> we should do comedy with extra weights. We on. should do. Oh, yeah, we should do comedy with weights. Yeah, on. and then take it off and be uh, the same, <laughs> just like, equally struggling to be funny right, but yeah. also sweaty. Yeah, but I feel lighter. Now I can jump over the mic. (laughs) You do the set, and then you're like, all right, now I'm ready for the real thing. You take off the jacket, and you're like, bye, and then just run. (laughs) See you guys later. Anyways, I'm going to do some Um, weights. Nice, dude. Get swole. I'm going to add some weights. Imagine Griffin if Griffin was like 230 pounds and jacked as hell. I mean, nightmare. How tall are you, Griffin? You're, I'm like uh, six three. Six three. You're a tall man. He's huh? a tall man. Yeah, he's a tall man. Okay, why are it's we problematic? Because I'm strictly average height. You know what? Yeah, uh, Netflix gave tall girl tall movie. Girl. Uh, where's tall man? Tall boy. Well, they did have the Andre the. <laughs> Nice. They did have the Andre the Giant documentary on HBO. Yeah. Oh, I want to okay, see. So that. maybe that's your your spirit yeah. animal. Okay. All right. How well, tall was Andre the Giant? He was like. Like fucking something crazy foot, right? like seven foot seven or something like, yeah, like even close to eight 100 foot. feet tall the fun fact about him i think we talked on the podcast is that samuel beckett the playwright used to drive him to school <gasps> what yeah they like live next to each other in some small town in france and like beckett was the oh, only dude with like a truck that's and interesting so, andre would sit in the back of the truck yeah or like he had like a big car or something so he had room to fit this giant teen right so he'd like drive him to school and like talk about i don't know like being sad and irish or whatever yeah. it is that beckett likes to talk about oh man I that wrote, seems like a beckett play. i rode in the back of my dad's yeah. newspaper truck to school but that's just because it was fun as hell oh nice your dad yeah. there's a newspaper yeah he delivered newspapers in the morning yeah did he throw them um did you throw them he, from the back of the truck uh, it was you know oh that would be i don't so think cute. you throw them anymore unless it depends on the house oh right it depends on the house and the setup all right well this has been a weird aside <laughs> let's get back to the gun no, i mean i mean i think that's i think that's that's all i got about the gungeon unless you guys got any other um, gun no i mean this, we pretty much hit everything it's just like what i love about this game is that like it controls so fucking smooth like i just yeah. like it's so hard but it doesn't feel hard like, this is a distinction that we talk about on the show a lot like there are games that are hard because it's actually just hard to press the buttons and do the thing mm-hmm. or know what to do. And then there are games that are like, it's hard because it's challenging and you can see how to do it, but it's just a hard thing to execute. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is extremely the second category, which is like a much more like, Oh, I want to get good and beat it. As opposed to the other ones were right. like, Oh, I want to throw this game in the toilet. Totally. Yeah. And there's that certain thing you have to do. I feel like with bullet hell games where you kind of have to look like a magic eye thing where you can't look at your character. You kind of have to like look at the room at the whole screen so you can see where projectiles yeah. are coming, which is like, I don't know. It's a fun mental challenge, which like I said, like it sucked me in very quickly. And like, I would just play and like, it got to the point where to one round would take like 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you like, you die and you're like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to play for another half hour, I guess. Right. Unless I die right at the beginning. It seems like in some ways, once you enter the gungeon, you may never leave. Uh, Well, guys, we'll have to give our final thoughts after this commercial break. 
Hey there, Internet. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. My name is Deluxe. I'm still your host, your co-host, Stilger from Davis. Your guest is still John Joan. We're still talking about Enter the Gungeon. Now, as a part of the show, we rate that game, boys, girls, and friends beyond the binary. It's where we go in a little circle. Yeah, we go in a little circle. We give our final thoughts and then a rating on a scale from one to five joysticks. Uh, John, you are our guest. So common courtesy dictates you go first. Okay, so Gungeon is a very fun, very difficult game that uh, will eat up a lot of your time. And it's very tongue in cheek and uh, reflects a world that I would want to live in where we can laugh at guns and not be afraid of oh them. Oh my God, I'm crying. And uh, I give it five joysticks. Wow, I'm going to act surprised even though I heard you slightly say five already. That's an incredible <laughs> score, Jonathan. A perfect yeah, it's a very, game. It's a perfect game. In your opinion, a perfect game. Lux, what do you think? Um, I think it's really good. I really like the way it handles. I really think it's a lot of fun. Um. I think that it almost perfectly works. I think a little bit of the problem is that you can get caught in weird little loops and you can have just like struggle death times and it doesn't give you quite it's it. It's one of those games, sort of a complaint I have about Dark Souls 2, where like Dark Souls also not just the second one, just all of them um, is that like it's fun and really rewarding when you do well, but it doesn't give you a lot to cut the frustration of when you're struggling um, which makes it hard for me to sit down and just like ball out on this game in the way that I want to. So I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five because I'd love this game before the kind of game that I could sit down and play for six hours, but it just like isn't. Sure. If I get in a bad like 45 minute streak and I just like have to stop. Sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's kind of got everything I need out of a bullet hell type of game. If you're going to put me in hell and just sink my head below the water, make it cute while you do it. And and I think that's also what um, the Cuphead gets right about these type of games yeah. is like the experience and the tone and everything about it like ha- like has got to be as good and as amazing as like fun and creative as this game in order for me to experience that hell. Uh, I have not beaten this game um i don't know if i ever will but just the fact that like each time you play you can come back and maybe even get a new type of gun that makes you laugh or you're like whoa what the hell is this that changes the game again um it just kind of has everything that this game needs to be and while bullet hell genre is not my favorite i think this is the cream of the crop and i have to give it a five out of five perfect joystick (laughs) game you made me the one who's you (laughs) i'm sorry oh no that's what happens sometimes i'm entering the gungeon you're putting one foot in yeah i'm on one foot in one foot out that's me and the gungeon Mm -hmm. classic um but yeah it's i mean it's great game and five what is it uh 14.5 divided by three four point crunching numbers crunching numbers 4.8 something is a very good score it's an insane score um and you know i just can't call it perfect because i like it's a game it's just uh it's a game that like we begs get you to play it. it all the time, you, but also we makes get it, it hard. No, we get it. We're mad at you. We get it. Yeah, I, we, don't, I found, we don't forgive you. We get it. We have no idea what you're thinking. We understand. I've found <laughs> in my experience, if I uh, if I get hit on the first boss or if I'm having a bad run, I just you snap re- the game and buy a new. I, one. I just restart. I'm oh. just kind of like, there's no, it's like there's no shame. I'm like, I'm not going to get further with these items. And I'm just like, and that yeah. kind of made it more fun for me. So maybe you I could bet that, give that uh, a well, shot. Maybe I'll give that a shot. Also, this game, um, or maybe I'll just do I, a Griffin and snap my switch in half and buy a new one every time I get annoyed. Uh, I forgot also that that's what you that's what you switch to the next one. Um, hey. I, I, I forgot that uh, also. I meant to mention this game gave me hella. Uh, uh, mini attack helicopter two vibes 
You guys remember that, that computer game where <laughs> sure. you shoot the helicopters? No. Yeah, it, it was like a space invadery. Oh, right? it was yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, but it was like, and- yeah, you're just like running along a little field and the helicopters yeah. keep on coming and you get more and more guns and you shoot them. It had many major that vibes. And that's why it's a five out of five. Uh, Jonathan, thank you for bringing such an incredible game. Thank you for being such an incredible thank guest. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. What? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. What's going on in the future that we can all look forward to from you? And if it's if it's just a uh, gaming, I don't know, get oh, into gosh. Twitch. Um, I don't know. I. I've been saving a bunch of uh, clips on my Xbox, uh, like from Just Cause 4, like a lot of just running into walls with the wingsuit on accident. <laughs> um, I found if I get frustrated enough to want to like, like throw something, I'm just mm-hmm. like save it because like I'll laugh about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, that is very smart. Yeah, yeah, it's it's taken the frustration, well, the frustration out of a lot of things. But um, I, I want to start maybe cutting some of those together for uh, some sort of show, which is a sketch show I do out here um make maybe a little video game clips. Now, is that is that a monthly show it's a monthly show it's fourth thursdays at the pack theater um and we do music uh sketches and videos and i'm like i play enough video games is there a way i can incorporate that into the show somehow God, i that's what i ask every day of my life it's like can i make this work a useful part of my day at all no okay still doing it right <laughs> Relatable. Well, that's content. great. Um, as far as uh, as far as me, Lux, uh, you know, we got another nobody yell at me October thirteenth. We nice. can be there. Oh, oh, nice. You'll be there. Uh, yeah, I'm in town for a wedding that weekend, so oh, nice. I'm gonna oh. uh, go see. This show is gonna be a really fun one. We just got a uh, Vodilla sketches in. We got some great stand up from Ify Nwadaway. Uh oh, he's we, so funny. Oh, fuck yeah, he's so good. How are you getting these Sorry. guests? Sorry, uh, that's the no, whole point that's not of the an show. Answer to my question. <laughs> uh, and and we also have some uh, amazing sketch uh, from Kate Raft and Joan Ford. Uh, Damn. Yeah. So yeah. it's gonna be a, a lit night, uh, and I will die again. Cool. And yeah, if you guys want to see me and Griffin in the same place, that's one place you can do it. Nice. Stop Um, yelling at me. (laughs) Why would you want that? (laughs) Yeah. Who knows why you'd want that, but it's on the table. Um, For me, my cool thing is what we've been talking about for the past couple weeks, which is Party World Wrestling's going on the road to Houston, Texas um, with Street Fight Radio and stand-up comic Kath Barbadoro. Um, And we are going to be doing that show on uh, October 18th. So time is running out if you want to get tickets and get there because there are tickets and I think it's going to sell out. I'm not sure. Um, And then also the other cool thing is go check out sightlines.com for a new review of Party World Wrestling from a legit theater critic, Uh um, which is super weird, but pretty cool. That's great. And now we've been in ESPN and sightlines. So we're officially both art and sports. Awesome. Um, We made it. Uh, and that's all from me and that's going to be all for this episode thank you so much for listening my name is Lux I am your host your co-host Griffin Davis your guest is Jonathan Joe your editor producer is Haley Clement your intro and outro music is by Matthew Morton your art is by Brittany Metz goodbye internet we love you very much enter the gungeon enter the gungeon